everybody, and welcome to an elite wild ride with Stevo. We've got, according to ESPN, the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world, Alexander Volkanovsky. What an unbelievable treat this is! And I think we're going to generate some headlines within the MMA community because we talk about some pretty controversial stuff. So strap on your seatbelts and let's get into it all right so here we go ladies and gentlemen alexander the great volkanovsky yeah dude <laughs> man I, I love this thank you so much um i just went ahead and blasted you a dm on instagram and uh that's how we got through and and thank you for for doing this man well no worries thank you it's a it was a blowout having you uh instantly on instagram message me and i'm like what steve i've been a big fan for a long time so well, thank uh, you, man. it was cool to see so i appreciate you reaching out likewise dude i i uh i love your work <clears throat> and uh we've just had you go for double champ status that fight happened in Perth, mm -hmm. and the day of that fight, I was flying to Las Vegas for uh, a random gig, and I thought maybe Dana White wouldn't be bothered to fly all the way to Perth, so I hit up Dana. I said, hey, I'm looking for a place to watch the fight in, uh, in Vegas, and Dana said, come on over to my house. Oh, well. Wow. So we show up at Dana White's house, me and my, my girl Lux, and... Uh, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say too much, but you pull up and there's like a guy with a gun, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah? armed security. The whole, I mean, dude, it's like, you know, billionaire boys club over there. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And we watched your fight together uh, against Islam. Did you watch and the prelims at Dana's? We, he, he told us to come over uh, about 6 p.m. Were you like, the, oh. <laughs> Steve watches every fight starting at the end? prelims all the way to yeah. the end. So when you're at the when you go to the event, you're there. Oh yeah, early. Oh, I Dude, love we that. sit in the seats for six hours. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and uh, it did the the praise that Dana gave for your fight. You know, he says you couldn't ask for uh, a better a better fight. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and uh, Joe Rogan thinks you won the fight mm -hmm. against Islam. Um, no matter what. Like that, that was a great thing for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was uh, obviously always going to be a challenge. You know, there was a reason why I was underdog. Everyone was thought I was crazy doing it. Yeah. I knew, uh, you know, I knew I could do it. I, knew, I wanted the challenge because I knew not only it's a big opportunity for me, but it's only going to make me better, only going to make me stronger. And it's something that I feel like I could could accomplish anyway. And we were this this close, you know what I mean? Uh, we, we, thought, we thought we did enough, uh, but it was such a close fight. Uh, you know, obviously... That's why there's people that, you know, thought I won and obviously people that thought uh, Islam won. But that's, as Dana, I heard Dana talking about it. Like, that's that's what you want from a super fight too. For people sure. battling it out for pound for pound number one. Right. Uh, and it goes down to the wire, you know what I mean? Like, and the way it went, you know, it was definitely, you know, my stocks uh, definitely still rose uh, after that one. 100%. Especially 100%. finishing the fight the way we did, you know yeah. what I mean? So, 100%. it's pretty crazy. My favorite thing too, um, I should say one of my least favorite things when I'm watching MMA is people getting 
stung by a shot and then they're like no no no, that was nothing there's nothing you know yeah and my favorite thing about watching you fight is that when you get clipped you're like yep that was a good one like you acknowledge it it's funny it's funny you mentioned that it's something that i actually wanted to talk about because i haven't uh no one's really asked me about that so that's how i am i'm I'm my hardest critic, and you could probably see that from when, uh, you know, uh, you know, post-fight uh, press conference and things like that. The, the way I'm, I'm talking, I'm, uh, I'm always going to be hard on myself. You know, I, I, I know when I get hit, and I remember those because yeah. I don't want to get touched. You know what I mean? So you touch me, I'm like, yeah. So usually, even when they land, it's, uh, it's not even like it's all oh, that hurt me or anything. It's just. I seen it coming and you still got me. It's more like, ah, oh, well done, well yeah, played. Yeah, because I'm a yeah, like I'm a, I, I literally play this game and you know I'm, I'm known for my fight IQ and it's like it's a chess match, right? And then sometimes they just get like you know they might get me off beat and it just like you know ah nice you know so I acknowledge it yeah good you got me yeah right like I'll let yeah. so it's it's funny that that I do that but it's a weird one where. I, again, you, you like that. A lot of people like that. For me, it's like that. But I mean, I don't know how that looks on the judges. So I'm worried. Like a, a lot of people, like, oh no, yeah, see, people acknowledge it. It makes it look like, oh yeah, that was a really good one. So there's ones where he's like sort of turning away, and where right. I'm sitting there, like, wouldn't wouldn't be too hard of a shot. But I'm like, ah, oh, you still got me. Well done. You know what I mean? And then everyone remembers that. And there's ones where I felt like I was landing, but like, and he would like sort of go away, and where I would think that that would probably score more because he's like, you know, me, I'm like, right. oh, yeah, cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with it. It's, it's a tricky one. question. It yeah. is a tricky one. It's, so I might have to stop it. I've, I've, my coaches <laughs> my coaches got angry at me about it. Wow. They're like, oh, you got to stop that shit. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, it, it doesn't look good. I'm like, oh, no. It's, oh, uh, it's a weird one. I, when you're in the middle of a fight, are you like, what's the intent there to take, to knock him out or to submit him? Or is it all moment to moment? Or round around. I mean, are there certain pockets that you're going for? Man, you you always want to get a finish. You're always going to want to get a finish. Uh, but you know, it's just yeah, you got to fight the fights in front of you as well. You can't like a, if you look at your your elite fighters, your best fighters, and things like that. They're usually going to be very defensively sound as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you got to you got to look after yourself at the same time. While as I'm, I'm I found a decent balance where I'm. You know, I'm still going for it. Like you see me definitely taking a, a lot of risks, but still trying to take as minimal damage while I do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people uh, can relate to that. People are, are still, you know, excited from from the fights and things. Like that. But it's it's a it is, it is a tricky one. But you're always looking for a finish. But at the same time, you still need to fight the right fight. You need to fight smart. You need to, you know, it's it's just a yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. I had my own back on me. Yeah. No, no worries. <laughs> you take every opportunity that you can get. Yeah, exactly you right. Know? Yeah. So that's uh, when you're on top, you're going to look for the finish. But again, you want to maintain uh, control. Yeah. Uh, when you're landing, you want to land. You want to, if you rock them, you want to capitalize on that. Uh, you know, but at the same time, if I just go looking for that and only that, that's when I'm going to get caught. And, you know, you need right. to find a perfect balance of where you can still touch them and not really get touched. It's, it's so frustrating how often we see a, a fighter rock their opponent and then clinch up yeah. when they've got them hurt and they're just clinching up and giving them time to recover. Yeah, 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 exactly right. It, it, it does happen. Like sometimes uh, it could be them landing and not knowing that they rocked right. them and they're, they're just clinched because that's just second nature for them. That's just instinct right. for them. Uh, but then uh, 
Yeah, or grab a hold of them, take advantage of them being hurt, grab a hold of them, hoping to get them down. Like, oh, I, I don't know what it is. Well, with the Islam one, so I landed, so I knew it landed, and then he was good enough to know, again, four, four guys that have been wrestling and, and uh, you know, his whole life. Yeah. He's been fighting his whole life. So he could, he was like still rocked, but he's still looking for a leg. It's just instinct. No yeah. matter how uh, rocked you got him, he's going to grab a leg and still clinch, and he doesn't even have to be all there to for his muscle memory to do what it needs to do. Right. So you could see that I rocked him. I was going to go down. He's already looking for a leg while, while he's just reaching out. And I've like had to sprawl and I've ended up in his guard. And then he's just grabbed the hold of me and I had to try and find myself out of there where it would have looked like, come on, hit him, hit him. It was like, obviously I want to hit him, but he's done a good enough job to, to just survive, survive, survive. And then I find, find right. my way out. And that's when I started raining down bombs. But uh, he, did a good, he did a good enough job to not let me capitalize too much on, on rocking him. Does he let you not capitalize on him because he's a little bit more well hydrated than you are during the fight? Is that coming up? I mean, he, was, he looked pretty hydrated. <laughs> I mean, if you're not hydrated, are you still thinking that clearly, or does that? Ah, oh, man. Look, the thing is, we've all you know, you've got it down down to a science. Like, you know, I mean, he does a big, big cut, and you could you can see it. Like I've seen him even when he was in Abu Dhabi. And I was doing the back. I had to be backup fighter. Uh, I remember just seeing him uh, backstage before he walked out. He's just out of it. And you're just like, man, like what these guys do to themselves. Right. Don't get me wrong. I cut a fair bit when I get to featherweight, but I never look like that. And, uh, and then the same thing, like you'll just see him coming in. He's just like that. And, but, I mean, you still got the, the 24 hours or more. you got like the whole day to recover. You can still do it. But, I mean, obviously – yeah, you can hydrate in many ways, but well, but yeah, obviously Scott's making a reference to the IV. Uh, I didn't say the, anything. The, uh, yeah, what do you call it? The scandal, the drama. Yeah. Um, it, is it confirmed that there was an illegal IV situation? It seems that it's confirmed. Well, I'm just uh, staying right out of it. Like this is something that I'm like. You know, okay. like, yeah, so sorry about that. Like, that's why I'll see them. No, like, oh, they go, they go on there. No, they go. Do you know, is it, uh, is it true that Dan Hooker is being punished for accusing? I saw that headline, but I don't know if it's true. Yeah. No, I think, I think what he means is not punishes in anything other than, like, he's trying to say, like, you know, now they're going to, you know, they'll probably, for me saying stuff like that, they're probably going to come after me. Whoever it is, the Dagestanis. Right. Oh, no, no, right, oh, right, yeah, right. maybe he mentioned that, but he's probably talking about you know all of you know because I'm doing stuff like that and and questioning things. Right, right, next right. Next minute, right. Usada's going to be testing him every morning, you know, for the next uh, six weeks or you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's what he was trying to say. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, like not punished as in. Right. Yeah, because again, I, I will, I'm, I'm trying to stay uh, right out of it, but Good. I mean, we'll, we'll keep you up. There. Yeah, yeah, but I Easy. mean, there, there's a uh, there's stuff there. After the fight, are you like, uh, after all the cameras are done, are you shooting Islamic texts like, hey, good fight? Do you guys ever keep in touch? You or Max, you or anybody, are you like saying, like, giving them a call, like, dude, that was crazy? Or are you kind of just after the fight's over, work's done, and you go home? No, yeah, yeah look, man, it does happen. You'd be surprised that oh, it didn't happen uh, with this, this fight. Like, you know, usually a couple of days later, or after the fight, like, I went straight uh, backstage and was like, you know, I always shake hands with them. I always go and, uh, um, you know, we, you know, you're still sharing a massive moment with these guys, right? right? Like this is history we're making. So it's something that, uh, you know, I'll always uh, be, you know, I, I want to properly share that moment. So even afterwards I'll be like, oh, you know, well done. You know, we put on a show for everyone, you know, again, yeah. making history. So it's something that uh, I definitely 
We'll, we'll try and embrace uh, th- their moments. But, I mean, uh, usually we will, I will talk to them. But now there's, uh, you know, some words are still being said here and there. So I don't know if it's going to be as friendly as uh, some other guys. Right. I mean, you've never had, like, real vitriol or, you know, particularly nasty trash talk. Yeah. Like, you've always been, you know, pretty, uh, like, honorable and, and uh, positive about your promotion. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's just who I am, right? Like, and that's something I'm proud of as well. I know, I know it is an entertainment business, but the beauty of it is uh, we can entertain with these, you know what I mean, in the right. octagon. Uh, you know, so it's – I get it. I get, like, you know that. But, I mean, that, everyone thinks that's the only way to promote yourself. But, I mean, there's still many ways – many ways sure. to do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I've got myself – uh, and to be myself through that whole process. For sure. So I'm very happy with that. I'm very proud of that. I saw your countryman, uh, Robert Whitaker, talking about how he feels his lack of salacious track, trash talk has prevented him from getting big fights. And yeah. uh, I, I, I wonder because it's not always necessary. That's right. Trash talk is not necessary to be successful as a fighter, but what is absolutely necessary for success in fighting and I would argue anything else is taking care of your health and specifically your diet by filling in the gaps with AG1 from Athletic Greens. Why? Because AG1 is the most comprehensive, convenient, nutritional supplement There is. It's loaded with 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, and it is absolutely delicious. I'm telling you, you start off your day with a pint of water to hydrate yourself, and in that pint of water, you put a scoop or a packet of AG1 from Athletic Greens and the gaps in your diet are filled for the day. Your gut health is improved. Your cognitive ability is improved. And did I mention it is absolutely delicious? telling you this is the best healthiest stuff for you and if you go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo they will throw in five completely free convenient comprehensive travel packs of ag1 plus an entire year's supply of immune boosting vitamin d with your first purchase that is if you go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo jump on that deal right now and be successful in your life now let's get back to it yeah well like uh, you're right you know, it's it, it definitely, uh, Ken, like you've seen it all the time. You see guys get a couple of knockouts. Obviously, you need the knockouts, but that trash talk as well, it can. Sure. It can, the hype can go up real quick and Big it can time. yeah fast track you to things. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's legit. You know, and like that's uh, no lie. We see it happen all the time. And you get, the baddie, you get a lot of good, Sean Yeah, you get a lot of good opportunities from it. You know what I mean? And uh, the money's going to be good and all that's going to fast track you. But, but at the same time, some people are just, that's who they are anyway. So it works right. well. And then you get guys that are going to be just yeah. put on a show and all that. And you can, you can see some of them. And again, like a, his name's always going to come up. I've said some things, but I mean, I don't want to have bad blood with the guy. But you see like someone like Colby Covington, sure. who he knows he, he knows he plays that sort of role. He's like, well, I'm going to play it, you know what I mean? Which is, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird sort of thing to do. So for me, I just couldn't do that. 
He was on his way out of the UFC because his fights were deemed so boring with all the wrestling, mm. uh, or the style of wrestling, I should say. And his trash talk saved his career. So That's power true. to him. So there you go. So that, yeah. and then, then you, you look, so as much as people want to hate it, and here I am saying that, like, oh, I couldn't do it, but you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't think that benefited oh. him. It put For him in sure. a much better position. I, so like, I can say what I want. People can say whatever they want. At the end of the day, he's way raking up probably a lot more money than he would have if he didn't do it. Big time. And uh, at the end of the day, even if he isn't that type of guy, the people who he cares about or care about him know exactly who he is. If everyone else thinks he's a piece of shit or whatever, who cares? Yeah. My family know who, what I'm all about. So right. you can't hate on that. So, and that's why I've always sometimes, I get it. It's just not me. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Not only do I not hate on it, uh, or I mean... I've been very candid to say that I am so invested that I enjoy disliking Colby Covington so much <laughs> that I, I'm more excited for his fights than anybody. Yeah. And, and I just can't stand the guy. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> man. It's, I, you know. But and that, people, that's a marketing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, that's like a marketing sort of a tool. Like you hear it a, a lot of right. the time where people want to, people will pay to watch, to watch him lose. Yeah. So like, you know I mean? That bad blood that happens, like, oh no, is this guy gonna, you know, get, get him? And like, we've had guys, uh, even Mayweather, you know, you, Mayweather still, you right. know, people are still waiting to see him sure. to fall, you know what I mean? But uh, it's probably not gonna happen with someone like Mayweather, but like a lot of people uh, made a, a career off that. And like, even in Australia, yeah. we've had guys that literally some, they actually, I've been told very nice guys, uh, Anthony Mundine, but he would play, the villain, and yeah. you'd make probably one of the most uh, amounts of money in Australian boxing because that's the, you know, people right. want to watch that. And For so sure. again, you gotta, you gotta understand that. It's entertainment. It is, yeah. So with the Islam fight, up to that point, the rule was that if you beat somebody who's ranked higher than you, then you take their spot. Like uh, pound for pound, especially. And then Islam beat you, but you kept the number one pound for pound spot. Yeah. And, and that's, I don't think there's a person in the world that disagrees with that. Yeah. You know, like you weren't fighting in your weight class. You mm -hmm. came up, exactly. fought a bigger guy, so you kept number one pound for pound. Can you I explain think, what pound for pound okay, is? Okay, so yeah, let's, let's get into that. So when you say uh, in pound for pound, you take someone, you majority of the time you will take, take it. But at the end of the day, that's always going to be a different to an actual uh like a ranking like a featherweight ranking right if a featherweight ranking you beat someone you take their spot you just beat the guy that makes makes sense with pound for pound that has a lot more than just just your ranking in that division so it's gonna ha it's gonna come down to skill pound for pound like we understand that so if you we were all the same size yeah with the same skill so everything was even playing field except for the skill, like you had your skill and uh, whatever it was, but we're all the same size, like who would sort of win? So say, imagine me in a heavyweight's body with uh, the heavyweight strength and all that type of stuff, you okay, know what I mean? Right. Like, so that, like, you know, what would I do to these heavyweights? Right. You know, that's how people would uh, look at it type thing. So it's a weird one. It's obviously, that's why a lot of people just can't stand the pound for pound rankings, but everyone loves talking about it. It's a big deal. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Being a champion was great. Being pound for pound, uh, number one, which uh, John Jones just uh, took that from me. Oh, he did. I, I didn't Google <laughs> no, I don't it. Think but he, no. I don't think we've all of them. 
I don't think with all of them, but I mean, I think with the UFC, I, yes. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I, I was dying to know that, and I and I resisted that. I wanted to find out with you. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. I, I'm glad John Jones won. I'm impressed by his victory, but I just don't think we saw enough in yeah. that fight to go ahead and call him pound for pound number one. Yeah, but I mean, you're going to, I guess it's going to have to do with, he, he, he actually said it, said it really well, where it goes by what you've done lately as well, right? It's going to go with yeah. that, you know, you, you might have done a whole heap four years ago, but that's got sure. nothing to do with now. You are not pound right. for pound. We don't know what you're doing right now. So that, that's always still going to come into play though. You know, again, you're right. It was just that one, but what he did moving up, he at least he moved up and showed that the, yeah. the pound for pound comes into play. You know, uh, the body of work that we've done in the last three years, obviously a lot of people are going to be like, look what Alex has done in the last three years right. and you can get that. But at the same time, look at what John right. Jones has done as right. well. So right. you know, can I really argue that when you look at – he's going to be one of the greatest of all times. So for him to take that, it's like, hey, you know, you, you know what I mean? What do you do? What did you think about his fight? I mean, were you just like, what the fuck? I, I expected uh, him to I, – I, I thought he should wrestle. I, I thought yeah. he, if he was to grab a hold of him, I think he's going to have – do really well if he uses all his tools. Uh, I think his biggest, the biggest problem for him would be with these heavyweights landing on him. But when it comes to wrestling, I think he's going to outdo all of all the heavyweights, even your steep bays. I think because uh, John Jones' wrestling is incredible. Like yeah. you know, and that's a uh, people are really. I, I don't think it's underestimated. I think people know. But I mean, look at even uh, DC. He was taking DC down. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy uh, to see uh, what, what he's capable of. But I didn't expect him to be so aggressive with the wrestling. That surprised me. So, because we chatted to him in the lead up to that that fight, and he was, uh, you know, saying that he's seen holes in the stand up, and I'm like, is he really going to try and uh, exploit that, or is he going to do what he should do and, and go there? But range, it was always, but yeah. He just got right in there and close. As the soon distance. as he found that right time to clinch, and even when he went down and shot, he made sure he was sticking. He's yeah. like, I ain't giving this guy a chance, which I thought was uh, very clever. And if I knew that he was going to be in them positions. I would have expected a finish. I just didn't think he would be that aggressive uh, to look for a finisher, to look for the control. I thought he might like play, play, try and clinch, grab a hold and then look for a trip or work him on the cage and maybe look for a tr uh, takedown from there. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was still a little bit different uh, to what I expected, just purely because I didn't expect him to be so aggressive with wrestling. Right. And on second thought, when I say I don't think we saw enough to give him pound for pound number one, that is kind of like me saying we should punish him for making it look so easy. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he does deserve it. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I? I appreciate, appreciate that you're you're not too happy about that. You're on the take that. Now we've again we may, well, actually as I said I talked to John Jones. We talked to him uh, on uh, UFC Fight Week uh, with Robert Whitaker. We're having a chat to him, and like that question come up where. Uh, they asked him, they're like, you know, if you win, do you think you're number one pound for pound? Like, well, I was sitting right there. And he goes, look, it goes by. And that's when he touched on me being active and what I've done, right. look what I've done, that my body of work. So right now he's like, because I'm not chasing pound for pound. I'm, I'm chasing right. the greatest of all time and, and things like that. Obviously, that's what I'm chasing. But um, look at the body of work he's done because he's been fighting. I've, I've still got a couple more years to do that. So I'm going to keep uh, pushing for that. But right now... You know, pound for pound was uh, where I was at, which is a great accomplishment. And I, I still look to, to get that back anyway. So, so it motivates me, motivates me to be like, all right, I want to get back in there. Yeah. Whether it's Gio Rodriguez in July, bang, and then do that rematch with, with Islam. And, you know, and then uh, obviously, like I said, 2023 is going to be a, a massive year for me. <coughs> so even though uh, the, the start of the year wasn't, 
exactly how we wanted it. Again, we talked about the stock still rising. It's making a bigger rematch. Everyone still wants to see that and then getting another title fight and then getting the the lightweight title later in the year, like what a way to end a, a massive year. So that's, a, that's, what, that's my plans for this year. Do they already have a line for the, your fight against Yair Rodriguez? A line? Yeah, like no, the betting No, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Well, it's not locked in. Like we haven't even uh, – yeah, we haven't locked, locked that in at all. Like I got to believe that you're just a humongous favorite in that. Well, you, yeah, again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We got me. <laughs> Do I, is he still dangerous? You know what I mean? One hundred percent. He's still yeah. a very, very dangerous uh, opponent, and uh, that's the beauty. That's the thing with, with me. Like I can go into this fight. I don't care how big of a favorite I am. I'm never going to go underprepared. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of people that that might get to them. They might think like you know. They might pull back. Oh, it's just not who I am. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to see the risk. I'm going to see the dangers, and I'm going to prepare to make sure. He don't get me with these dangers, you know, make sure that don't happen. And not just that, I'm going to prepare for the worst, just in case he gets me to deep waters. Do I think he can get me to deep waters? I think he can definitely hurt me. The chance of him getting me into deep waters and getting me tired and, and really dominating me and making me really go for adversity through the whole fight, I don't think that's, without being disrespectful, I don't think that's a way. But I'm going to prepare for that anyway. That's just how I how Yeah, I, I mean, look at the co-main when, you, when it was, she was plus 1,000. So you know, oh my God. The, 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 tell them the story the, the, because the, the, this is the, fascinating. The greatest thing I've asked a ton of people um, in in the UFC world uh, two questions. Number one, what if you think? What do you think of the inspection zone where they're putting the Vaseline, they're checking your cup? You know, if in the inspection zone you were standing on a scale so that everybody could know the how much weight has come back on since the official weigh-in. Mm -hmm. I think it would just be really interesting, personally, if you knew how much the fighter weighed as they stepped into the octagon for the fight. That'd be, that'd be, I think that'd be, yeah, a lot of people would be interested in knowing that. But we, that, we actually do get weighed. We right, will, right, 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 Yeah, right, so we right. go there. I don't know if they yeah. actually... They don't, they don't make that public. But, oh, they um, don't. I, I know they, I know they've, I swear they've done it before. I remember they they have the, done it before. Oh, uh, yeah, because I remember uh, Fight Island, I went there and they did that. And I remember being... Extra heavy because it was a, a, a big wake up because it was short notice and things like that. And uh, I remember being heavy. Like I ended up getting to 77. So uh, you're weighing at, oh, what's that? That's, so that's 170. So it was 145. Yeah. And I ended up weighing 170. And I was like, and you could see it. Like one I, looked, day, I looked very, very, yeah, yeah. I looked, I was probably hours. more because the Fight Island, they give you so much time. But then after that one, it made me realize I don't want to be that heavy. So I've actually made sure I was well under that. So I've, yeah. uh, when I get to, when I fight a featherweight, uh, I'm always making sure I sit around, I couldn't tell you in pounds what it is, but yeah, I usually make sure I'm around 74 kilograms, which I could get to 77. I could get to 76, uh, but I, I don't like that. So I always make sure I'm there because that's where I move best. That's where I'm sharpest and I'm just as strong. What are you now? What am I now? I, I reckon I'll be, about it. Yeah, I reckon I'll be 170. 170 oh, now, cool. I reckon. So when uh, I, yeah, 170. Right. Um, it, the, uh, the, the problem with the, you know, disclosing a fighter's weight at the time of the actual fight, uh, I understand to be that they, uh, it draws too much attention to weight cutting. You know, like oh, weight yeah, cutting is yeah. a little bit controversial and, yeah, yeah, you, you know, right, they, yeah. they, they don't want to, they don't want to draw too much attention to that, but they do know the, the, the fighters weights. And, um, then my, my second question was, 
I don't think anybody wants to see open scoring. You know, mm-hmm. when uh, when you know what the judges' scorecards read at, at the end of each round. Um, but what I love is to get the live odds as the fight progresses. And 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 uh, when we were at Dana White's house, I, I I said, "What do you think about like the beginning of every round two, every round three, like every like a uh, subsequent round? Start it with the live odds." And, uh, and Dana pulls out his phone. He, he sends a voice message say, hey, Steve-O's got a request. He wants the, the live odds. So, so literally for the rest of that card, it came on. And uh, so we saw the live odds for every, uh, every round with, with you and Islam. Well, they, uh, it's funny to say because I remember seeing them. Because yeah. I was going to go, I'm pretty sure they did that. And you're like, oh, because of you. Because right. me. Yeah. <laughs> so and, there you go. And, and Dana said, Steve-O, you're not wrong. Uh, I, I like that. Mm. And uh, he called it Steve-O's Odds. Steve-O's Odds. There <laughs> yeah, you go. But, but then, uh, since then, they, they haven't been doing it all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. So they didn't do it. They didn't do it last uh, event. But, but you did but, shoot him a text. I shot, I shot Dana a text during the uh, Valentina-Alexa Grasso fight. Right at the beginning. Because it was like uh, Valentina started minus 850 favorite. And, uh, and Alexa Grasso looked pretty good. So I texted Dana, uh, live odds, please. And boom, <laughs> round number two, we got the live odds. Yeah. And where I thought Alexa Grasso had looked good, uh, on the second round, Valentina mm-hmm. went a minus 1,000 favorite. Okay, so yeah. the, the Valentina became an even bigger favorite. And uh, I, I understood at that point why maybe they wouldn't want to, you know, if the discrepancy is going to get bigger and bigger than the fight potentially becomes less interesting. So ah, maybe they yeah, don't want to always give the live odds, but thank God they did in that case because the odds got, the, 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 the gap got even bigger. And as of minus 1,000 favorite, Gets Valentina got fucking submitted. Yeah, so man, that, like, that was epic. In that so instance, I don't know. Yeah, that was like, that was like, oh, you yeah, know, it's not going to happen. What? You know, it yeah. ends up being a blowout. Yeah. That, so minus, that minus 1,000, I think, added a lot of entertainment value. Yeah. To, to, to good that timing. Fight. See, Steve O's uh, odds. Steve O's just coming <laughs> all at the right time. See? Who doesn't love to know the odds? And even better, who doesn't love to increase their own odds of success in their personal and business life? That's right, and I've got the way to do it. It's called ShipStation. This is for anybody who has an e-commerce operation, whether they're selling merchandise to fans on Amazon or Etsy or their own website. doesn't matter. If you're not selling merch and goods to your fans online then you are blowing it and if you are then you got to be using ShipStation because it is one easily integrated interface which combines every outlet of selling with every outlet of shipping you got the United States Post Office you got UPS you got your FedEx it's all boiled into one easy to use interface and they reserve the best shipping rates which are normally only for fortune 500 companies I'm telling you this is the secret to my online e-commerce success because every order comes just printed out with a label which gets slapped on the box and into the box might go a steve-o and johnny knoxville skateboard 
I mean, that's how it works. It's easy. And if you go to ShipStation.com and use the promo code Stevo, then you're going to get an entire two months of hassle-free, free ShipStation service. I'm telling you, you cannot pass this up. It's an absolute guaranteed satisfaction situation. So go to shipstation.com and use the promo code Stevo and make ship happen. Yeah, dude. Now let's get back to it. But yeah, it's a uh, with the open scoring. I think I think you you hit the nail on the head too. Like right, it's. That adds to it, right? People wanting to know what's going on. Right. With a decision. So like, you know, right. people like, you know, everyone's on their seat, like what happened? It takes away you the know suspense. What I mean? yeah. And when a fighter knows they're up two rounds in a three-round fight, they're, they're going to coast and make it boring. Yeah, so they're going to do I guess you're going to get the other guy who knows they're behind, so I need to go for the finish. Right. So they might do that, but at the same time, you're right. They're going to try and play it safe. Everyone knows it ruins uh, the suspense. So but doesn't it shed one. light on the fact that like some of these judges are like, like how the f- like if you're focusing on open scoring, then that would mean that you would know who like the casuals don't know who the refs are or the who the judges are. So wouldn't it bring more to light like some of these people that are well, just so fucking completely wrong about some of their scoring? I mean, th- yeah. th- that would be the case after the fight, you know, there's Judges' scorecards are made public every yeah. time. You're yeah, going to know true. which judge was out of their Some mind. Some of them definitely get uh, get called out on it. You see it a yeah. few times. Dude. Yeah, so but I don't, I don't really know their names. But after some, I was like, oh, this idiot again did this score. Or like, right. you're like, oh, there you go. So they, they do get – I mean, it is a tough job. Like, you know, I mean, like a lot of it's – you know, we're obviously going to be easy to, to criticize. But, I mean, it must be a, a tough job, even the ref and all that. Like, while it's all happening – uh, you got the crowd going nuts and all that, you know, all of it. And then the scoring criteria, 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 sorry, sort of changes here and there. And then, you know, it's a, it's, it's weird because they say damage first and significant strikes. And then you got to weigh in control time while that's happening when they tell you not. It's just, yeah, cause it's some, weird. Because Islam had you down, but you were punching yeah, them the whole time. A, so like, who wins that? So it's a, it, that's a trigger. So for me, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real with it. Like for me, he was in a controlled position, so I'm going to always give that to, to the person controlling. I think it could be up to the ref. Maybe there's new rules where if these guys are looking at just like if they are stalling, maybe the ref needs to do something. I don't care how dominant the position is. If you are just trying to survive and hang on and it's clear, like you're not trying to go for punches, right. you're not trying to go for submissions, you were just trying to wait the round out. Obviously, the crowd don't want, want to see that. Right. And, uh, and at the end of the day... Is that really winning? It's like you've secured a position, good on you. Yeah, so that's why that's going right. to be worth something. But if you are not trying to improve your position or do something, the ref's going to have to be like, come on, let's at least do something. You're in a dominant position. At least try and capitalize. If not, I'm, I'm going to stand you up. So I, I, I look at that as more of something that the ref could do rather than the judges scoring it. So for me, even though I was doing more, at the end of the day, I was in a position where you know, obviously I wanted to get, to get out of that. You know, I was in a position, yeah, so... I don't think that that uh, it's weird. that didn't win Islam the fight. What won him the fight was his striking. Yeah, yeah, well, mate, like he's definitely surprised me with his striking. It's like Ngannou surprises with his wrestling against Gan, and then Islam surprises with his striking against yeah. you. So I, I knew he's got a good eye. I knew going in there he had a good eye. Uh, I knew he's patient, which it's a tricky one for me. If I wanted to 
I had to make the, a lot of the first moves. I had to do like a, initiate most of what was happening because he's very patient. Uh, he even says that, uh, Javier always says, it, like, be the matador. That's what, something that you always hear them talking about is be the matador as in. React. Yeah, or well, like, yeah, so bring them to you, like, yeah, and then yeah. wait for them, wait for them, and then like, you know, so like let them come crazy at you and then find the times to counter or shoot, which is, which is good. But at the same time, if I, like I'm aware of that, do I sit back and just try and pick shots and be safe and then we don't give the fans a fight they want? I could still lose. So it, it was a tricky one for me. So yeah. I knew he was waiting and being patient and waiting to counter me and shoot, but it was a, a situation where I could try and deal with that a different way, but there's still a good chance of me losing. I won't be able to tire him out. I won't be able to put the pressure on him and if, if I fight a different fight. So for me... So that surprised how patient he was. And uh, I expect him to, in them, them times to probably try and shoot more, not, not throw counters as much. So again, credit to him for, for having the eye again. Like, as I said, I always knew he had a good eye, but uh, he still surprised me with, with some uh, of that. I thought the shots, the timing was going to be better with the shots, not the strikes, which uh, was, uh, was cool. So I, obviously towards the end, I started getting reads and I, you know, I wish I could do that fight again right now because yeah. I could do stuff. But I mean, that's, that's the game. Um, you said damage, and then that reminded me of the Darren Elkins fight. Darren, the damage, damage Elkins. Elkins. Uh, and, and what was your injury when you fought? So I, I tore, tore my intercostal muscle. So it's like a – so, yeah, so it's pretty much, you know, you, you break a rib or you tear your rib cartilage it's, or tear your muscle. It's like a – Pretty much all the same sort of uh, symptoms. Like you, you can't move. Like I'll put it this way. I, and I did that like I think two days before the fight. So uh, you, you literally cannot move. Like tall, like a, when I say tall, it's a proper tear. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a little a small tear. It was a like ripped muscle right there. So it was so painful. I couldn't believe it. Like I remember sitting there like that, that day when it happened, like we had people in the room. It was uh, the fighters uh, warm up area. And we had other fighters there and I didn't want anyone knowing. So I'm like trying to like get to the side, like crawl over there and like try and be quiet. And then they're like, oh, you know, my coaches are like, oh, if you, uh, if you can still breathe, it's not hurting, uh, you'll be all right. I'm like, don't worry, it's fucking hurting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to say it loud or go, it is, just relax. I was like, this isn't good. So I end up uh, going back. We end up getting the UFC doctor to have a chat. And he's like, yeah, you've torn that in across the muscle, like, and I've asked, like, you know, what do people fight? He goes, yeah, like people, some people will fight, some people will pull out, but we've never had a fighter have it this close to a fight. So that's what he said to me. Because usually two, three weeks out, people are either pulling out from the fight or maybe they take it on. But he goes, we haven't had someone do it probably this close. And I'm like, oh, because he said that, he goes, yeah, we have and we haven't. I'm like, oh, that's good, but we haven't had anyone this close. I was like, fuck. So I started, I'm like, oh, well, I need to fight because this was back when right. I, needed, I needed the money and my camp, I had a big camp and I was like, I had no option, I had to fight. He goes, I can get you on these uh, anti-inflammatories, which we're allowed to take, um, they're strong ones, and uh, I can, by the time you fight, we can maybe half the pain. At the time, I'm like, half the pain is not enough. Like I couldn't, I couldn't warm up. I couldn't even do anything for the, the next couple of days. I remember warming up fight day, like so warming up backstage before the fight, I couldn't even throw my right hand yet. So I could only throw a jab. So I could throw my jab because I could keep this here, but I could not twist my body yet. And I'm like, all right, well, we're going to have to wait till adrenaline kicks in and then I can start to use that. So it was, it was a pretty, it was definitely a, a crazy process. Another funny story with that, with these, uh, 
uh, anti-inflammatories. They were like really strong anti-inflammatories. My coach and manager ended up getting them because uh, the, yeah, the UFC doctor said, yeah, get this one, you're allowed to take it, it's all good and uh, they're strong and that should help. I'm like, okay, sweet. So they went and got them and I was like taking them and the amount I'm taking is a, a fair bit because we had to try and do the best we can. And I remember I was just like groggy, passing out, falling asleep all day. I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm saying that to them, are you sure these aren't like nighttime ones or something like that? And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not. And then we end up finding out they gave me um, the nighttime ones, which they make you really drowsy and all that. And again, I'm like pretty much overdosing on these things. That's how much I had to take. And uh, I was just on the nod all day, like the, the whole time. And then, like, oh, mate, it was, it was the worst. I'm like, something's, something's not right. So then they end up getting me the right ones. It was, uh, it was a bit better. But them, that was strong, stronger. And you could just get them over the counter in, in America. So yeah. like over here, you need a prescription for everything. But over there, I don't know if it's changed, but like literally you could just go and get like really strong stuff. Just like, well. like yeah, just go in there and just get them <laughs> off the bench, you know? Um, and so when you were telling the story about, you know, getting injured before the fight, like I, I started thinking, ooh, man, like as a fan, it was so disappointing when TJ Dillashaw fought and yeah. he had not disclosed to the mm. UFC that he had that issue with his shoulder. And it really, uh, it, it, it comforted me, made me uh, just respect a lot that you went straight to tell the UFC that you had that concern. Yeah, yeah. well that's, I wanted to know what's, I was always gonna fight, but I was like, what's the best option for me? Can I, am I allowed to uh, get a um, cortisone shot and things like that, you know, I wanted to know the process. If I have a cortisone shot, that can help, but they're like, oh, you could do that, but the commission's probably gonna pull you from the fight. Right. So we can't do the cortisone shot, um, but we can do this and then uh, you can fight. It's like, well, I've got no option, so I'm just doing that. Yeah, so it was, exactly. a, yeah, man, like that's just, that's just the game, especially, you know, now if you're risking losing the belt and you don't feel like you can perform 100%, do you pull out? You know, you go into every fight, you're going to go injured and, and things like that. But I mean, you got to, oh, you would know, like, you know, you know, you, <laughs> you know, like you, you can, you can get through, you know, some things suck, but I mean, you can, you can get through it sometimes. Yeah. That was your worst injury going into a fight? Uh, worst, yeah, most, yeah, probably, yeah, I would say so pain wise. Cause like, like I said, I couldn't even, I, I still couldn't even breathe properly. I couldn't get a big, like that would like kill yeah. me. Like I was getting out of, in and out of bed. Like I literally would have to game plan to get out of the bed. Like I couldn't, like, I, cause I was waterlogged and I had to get out of the bed. And I was like, I remember sitting there like trying to get out of bed and then I would like, I'd end up crying cause I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to fight. This was before I seen the doctor and like, you know, I was crying. I couldn't even cry cause it was hurting me too much. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Was, that's just that much pain. I was like, what mm. am I going to do? You know what I mean? So anxiety through the roof, but uh, we got it done. You, you brought up, sorry, were you going to ask something? I, I, I just wanted to ask about that uh, Brian Ortega <laughs> submission. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen, I think. Like, like, how did you not tap? Alexander Volkanovsky's will to go on is unbelievable. My will to go on sometimes could use a little bit of help. 
and that is why I proudly use Blue Chew tablets. Why? Because they have the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except they only cost a fraction of the price. And get this, the listeners of the, of the Wild Ride podcast have the opportunity to get an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets, which I might say are now more delicious than ever. It's like eating candy. It's great. Um, and you can get this entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets completely for free. Only pay five bucks for shipping if you go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code Stevo. Even better is that when you're at BlueChew.com, you can very easily, easily, conveniently consult with their online medical provider to take care of the prescription. And boom, that entire month's supply of BlueChew tablets is on the way and all you pay is five bucks for shipping. And if you're wondering, hmm, are BlueChew tablets a lot of fun? Let me assure you, they're a ton of fun, man. They give me that will to go on, and that is a valuable thing. So, bluechew.com with the promo code Stevo. Jump on it and have fun. Let's get back to it. Well, <laughs> tapping was it. I guess tapping was never an option. But then you go, how didn't you go to sleep at the same time? Because it was deep. It was really deep. And I've talked about it. A fair bit, and, and I always uh, mentioned the dimming of the lights. So it was getting close, close <laughs> enough where like everything was starting to go black, and I was like, oh no, no, like well, you know, like just keep going, keep going. But there was never in my mind ever, uh, uh, not even a, a thought where I was like, I might have to tap. It was like, oh no, this ain't good. Like keep pushing on the hip. Like I was just, what do I do? And like, oh no, this isn't good. But yeah, it was never an option to tap. It was always like keep doing what you're doing or go or die. You know what I mean? Like that was my two options. Like you go to sleep and maybe not die or, um, or get out. You know what I mean? And I, I just kept doing what I did even though – so there's a, a lot of – like when you talk about the mental side of, of that sort of a situation, I got into that, that, that submission. I'm like, well, how do I get here? And then it's there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. Doing what I thought was right and it was right but he applied it so good and that's his move that it yeah. was still not working. So I did everything you should do and could do in that situation and it still wasn't enough and I was still going out. Then I had to tell myself, well, I'm just gonna keep going. Hopefully he gasses before I go to sleep. Or, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's my only two options because tapping was never an option. So uh, I kept going and then I, I felt him, the, that the the grip sort of released that little bit and I started getting his hips that little bit higher and higher and then the lights started coming back and instantly even in that 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 moment where I still can't breathe uh, like uh, obviously the 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 blood and oxygen must be coming to the brain because the lights are coming back and I haven't I haven't went to sleep yet but even in that moment where I'm still obviously hurting and, and struggling to breathe but I seen felt weakness that's me he's gassed yeah I'm already like getting out of there just lights are coming he's guessing he's guessing get on top and fix him up you know what i mean like that was my <laughs> that was my mindset in that moment while i was still like struggling to breathe so i've like tried to scramble up and then as soon as i got up i've just went nuts and then put myself in another big submission obviously he's another his other uh, go-to move in the triangle so uh, it was a, a crazy sequence but you're right man like that was a, a massive moment and one that probably will be talked about forever it was, it was the most savage mm -hmm. moment what, what did you well, have? I was going to ask about like uh, adrenaline dumps during a fight. 
What yeah. do you, how do you prepare for that? Or what, what does that look like? Or does it happen at the same time every fight? Does it sometimes happen after the fights? I mean, because it's a lot of buildup for the main event. I mean, and then... Have, have you asked... Have you guys asked other athletes or other fighters about this? No. I'm, I think you might be asking the, the wrong person because I feel like I don't get that. Okay. Um, and that's why... But I mean... Because I was listening I to could, the DC, I, DC I, talk. Yeah. And he was talking about the, the, the John Jones fight and he was like, there's a lot of things you don't take into consideration. Yep. And that's the adrenaline dump yep. uh, of, a, of a main event. And, yep. and, and I was thinking about that and I just said, I never thought about that. Like your body must just kind of like gas out during a fight. Like what is that? I, I just don't even know what that looks like. So for me, this is where I feel like this uh, separates me from, from a lot of the people when it comes to nerves and things like that. I don't really get uh, like that. I don't get nervous. I'm very calm, very composed. I don't get, even when I try and I try and build myself up usually just so I can get that energy I need to go in there. You've seen me do that in the last few fights where I work the crowd and you see me being a little cheeky in the octagon, that's just to hype myself up. Because uh, I've went, always went into fights, all right, crowds and that, all right, keep yourself, you know, calm down, calm down. And I did that and I got myself way too calm. So now I'm like, I need the energy. Yeah, it's weird, I'm different. What's your heart rate then at that point, you I think? I would love to see my heart rate. Obviously it's not gonna be, because I can get down to like, you know, even when I'm really fit, like down to like 35s and stuff like no that. Like, yeah, yeah, like <clears throat> resting. Uh, so I can get really, really low. Uh, but in that moment, obviously, it's never going to be that low. But I'd love to see what, what most people are to me because I'm pretty chill in there, man. I really am. And that's why I feel like I, I really uh, – I, I, I am different in that, in that sense. So that's why you what, ask about the nerves yeah. and adrenaline dump. I'd love to know what other people's thoughts are for them to really break it down so I can see how I'm different because I don't get any of that. I even, really don't. Even like walking out and this, your song's playing – you're not nervous? I'm not nervous. I'm thinking of each step. All right, what do I do now? Or, oh, yeah, work the crowd. Oh, yeah, give this guy a handshake. You know, I'm, I'm just going there. And then even when I'm in there, like Islam's across there, I'm sitting there and like, all right, he's going to look for this. And I'm like talking to myself, we've got to watch out for this. Telling myself, like, because sometimes you're going to have maybe doubts in your head, but I won't get nervous right now. I might have not doubts. So you're going to have this, these voices in your head like, Oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? But when it comes fight time, I'm in there. It's like, oh, no, no, fuck that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to do that. You know, and I, I have them conversations in my head where I'm just like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Fire yourself up. Talk to your corner. It's weird. It's, a, it's just, it, I just feel like I'm different to most people in that situation. Is that just in the UFC or like, were you nervous when you proposed to your wife or were you nervous like, yeah, Before, you know, I get more nervous watching teammates. A lot of people say this as well, though. Um, I get more <laughs> nervous watching teammates fight and when I'm cornering and stuff like that because I'm not in control and I'm not trying to be in control. Ah. So that's a lot harder for me. But, yeah, I could be fighting for champ champ against a guy who's a red-hot favorite. You know, there was a – never had a chance, you know, obviously my last fight and still just be as chill as I am talking to you guys right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just had this thought – you know, you said that your stock rose after that. That's 100% right. I think Islam's stock declined after that. You know, you got Ariel Hawani. You know, I think I saw Ariel saying um, Islam is not Khabib 2.0. And I couldn't help but wonder just now if Islam's stock fell so much that that has something to do with Khabib now stepping away from coaching. So, well, like, it's such a, 
That's that's maybe the, that's, that's a harsh thing. Maybe that's, that's a harsh it is. Thing. It's it's a fight game uh, as well, right? So he was expected to win, and all, you know, and I always was going out there. And what happened? Like I was planning on doing even better than what happened. You got to remember that a lot For of people sure. didn't expect that, but obviously that's what I'm doing. And people don't know me, and I try and I think I'm starting to prove that I'm different to to people as well. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm a you know when it comes to adversity, that never die attitude, like the mindset. Yeah, preparation, all that. Like you know, you you see the work that I've done, and I, I, I'm the proof is in the pudding, right? And so you you are right because they're looking at that as like, oh, the featherweight did this to him, and like, he's no way he's doing that. But don't be surprised if he goes back and has a fight in lightweight and just walk straight through them. Sure. And then people are going to be like, <laughs> they could probably just say, oh, he just had off night or all that. They're probably never going to, even though people are still giving me a lot of credit for what happened. But which I'm 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 glad because I believe that's what it was. I don't think it was anything else but me preparing properly and the fighter I am. And I tried telling people before the fight that this is this is why it's going to be a tough fight for Islam. Trust me, like you know what I mean. Let's cause I'm the guy. I'm that type of guy that can go and be put in this position and and take it. You know, and I tried telling people that, and obviously a lot of people didn't believe me. But yeah, so it's it's a tricky one. A lot of people are going to be harder on him. In that situation, well, right. it's, because it's, uh, everyone's like that Dagestani wrestling, you know, and all that, and I'm trying to go, yeah. If you prepare properly, like I know what he does well. I'm preparing for that. I'm the I've got the right style to deal with that. And I'm gonna show you. But uh, a lot of people didn't believe it. So then uh, you got some people like, wow, you know, he was right. And then you got other people like, going, ah, Islam isn't uh, Khabib. He's no way he's two right. point. You know what I mean? Like so, it's a, it's a, it's mean, harsh. Yeah. That's the dynamic. There's a little bit of a win-win for you and a lose-lose for him. Exactly. That's what I was always going to be. For him, you know, he could have gone there and, you know, say if he did just mop the floor with me. Right. He and definitely gets that pound-for-pound pound number one spot. Uh, he probably expected it to be an easy fight, so he didn't look at it as much risk at all. But, I mean, uh, I'm talking about He doesn't realize how much of risk this is because I'm the smaller guy and I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a fight. It felt like it was Khabib's idea. Right, like, <laughs> did he force him into it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it felt like it was Khabib's idea. He says, "I, I want like, you to be the champion," you. and then go straight to take the number one spot. And maybe he didn't get the number one spot, and Khabib was just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Man, you got to." I guess you got to. You got to feel for him. But I mean, when it comes to pound for pound, I, I get it. I just didn't think they would do it how it's pretty much meant to. That's how, like, you know, that, that they literally, that's probably the only time I've ever seen them really prove what pound for pound is all about by doing that. So you went into a, a fight, the smaller guy, uh, you know, the much smaller guy, you know, from a smaller division, went up a supposedly a really bad matchup uh, stylistically and all that type of stuff, and then... Some people say you won or whatever it is. Let's just yeah. say it was even or you just or whatever, however you look at it. Can you really say that guy is a better fighter? Right. You know what I mean? And so it's a tricky one. That's where I really thought that they actually showed that they do at least look into it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't expect them to do that. Like, you know, which, which was su surprised me, to be honest. You fought at uh, welterweight. MMA, like you started at welterweight. I fought yeah. a middleweight. Middleweight. <laughs> <laughs> so you started at middle, middleweight. What's that, 185? Yeah. 185, yeah. Then uh, yeah. then you fought welterweight. Yep. Um, as an amateur, you uh, accumulated 
under four minutes of fight time before becoming pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, then they were all middleweight fights as well. So that was middleweight fights, and I uh, ended them all. Like one was six seconds. Six seconds. One was, uh, I think two of them were 30 seconds. like 30 seconds and then maybe a two minute something. Like, yeah. yeah. So it was a, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like I went uh, pro with less than a round's uh, uh, experience. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool when you look at it that way. Dude, it's epic. What, yeah. made you, what made you want to fight amateur? Like, how'd you know you wanted to fight? Why did you fight? I've just always loved, I think, you know, it's, didn't it start out as like you just wanted to get fitter for rugby? That's when I started doing it. I've always loved uh, martial arts. And I've always lo- – I wouldn't say I've always loved fighting. It's not like I'm proud of – I've obviously had your street fights and whatnot. It's not something I'm proud of. It's not something I want to really talk about. But I've always uh, been known to be able to throw them. And uh, it's all my family ever talking about, my uncles and my dad and all that. Like, yeah, they would just talk about, yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, Macedonian Greek and – I oh, worry your blood and all that. And that's all they ever talked about. So it was something that was always, I grew up uh, wanting to be a, a part of really anyway. It's funny, actually. I've got another story. Um, which Jackass movie? It might have been the first Jackass movie. So uh, we're over here at, at the, the, the movies uh, theatre just over here in Shell Harbour. And we just watched Jackass. And then straight after that, um, there was just a heap of people outside and then we all end up getting into a, a crazy brawl. So it's, a, again, not enough something I'm proud of, you know, but it's just funny that it was, we literally just watched uh, Jackass. We didn't fight because of that. Uh, like it was just, yeah, I'm not trying to say, it's like, you know, hyped us all up. We, it just was a heat of moment, you know, being young and silly and this area, you know, getting involved with another area and then it just ended up being all in. I remember... Having it, we threw, threw a few. And then I remember, yeah, so it was a crazy, crazy brawl, but that's where it was. And I remember a security guard that was there. Uh, this was before I did any training and all that. And he, like, he pulled me, grabbed me, and then, like, after it all, like, calmed down, he goes, have you ever thought of taking up some fighting? Like, he's <laughs> telling me, he's like, you should probably do some boxing. Uh, so I, I guess I've always been known to be able to throw. But there's a little funny story. Uh, one crazy uh, brawl we did. Again, I'm not proud of that. But... Um, <laughs> It's a, uh, yeah, it was uh, after watching a Jackass movie. <laughs> uh, we, wow. Yeah. We bumped into somebody you went to school with. What were the? Liz. Liz, this, yeah. This girl, Liz. And she described a time that you were oh, at. Oh, please another fight or something. <laughs> <laughs> but well, now I'm just going to look like some no, trouble. No, 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 no. <laughs> she said you're the biggest sweetheart she's okay, ever yeah. had. Yeah, see, she, see. She said you were a sweetheart. She described being a, at like a house party and they were just the chillest guy. And there was like, like, like one guy or a couple guys like really acting up at the party, like being very disrespectful. And she said that you were cool as a cucumber and you said, hey, if you keep this up, I'm going I'm to take care of you. And the guy kept it up and, and you took care of him and that was that. Yeah, well, it's, man, like, again, look, when you're young. It sounded, it sounded like you got into that fight for the right reasons yeah, and yeah. did it the right way. Well, man, like, because I've always looked older as well. So I've always been uh, – so I was this – size right so like right now I'm, I'm small but like i literally stopped growing when i was 12 so when i was 12 i was quite big right so like i just stopped growing i had the beards the beard and everything so trouble would easily find me i would always like try and like you know i've always been like i oh, stop it like you know mates sometimes uh 
you know, cause a bit of trouble. I was trying, like, stop it, guys. Let's not, let's not get involved with it. But being young, silly, and um, obviously being in an area where there was a, a lot of fights happening and stuff like that, it would happen. But, I mean, you could talk to a lot of my friends, even though I did get into a few biffs when I was younger, I was never the one that just would instigate it. Right. I just obviously stood my ground and didn't take any shit. And, yeah, sometimes, uh, yeah, one thing I hated is bullies. Yeah. If I seen someone going around and bullying people and – I, I want to stay out of it, but I mean, if they take something too far, I'm, not, I'm going to have to step in. And, you know, I'm not telling people to do that, don't do that, but I just cannot stand bullies. If so, if there's a bully around me and they're doing something like that, I'm fighting myself as I like, deal with this person. Like, I, was, I can't stand it. I hate <laughs> yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, a, But again, at the same time, you can't uh, just go around bashing every bully you see. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I just hate that type of stuff. Sure. Um, as a rugby player, I mean, it's, it's well known that, that you were over 200 pounds playing rugby, just visibly chunkier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm curious what your, what your endurance was as a rugby player. I mean, mm-hmm. rugby, you're running around so much, like having all that weight and frankly being yeah. like kind of fat. Did, did your cardio like have a problem? So that's... Um that's why I always said, like, it's definitely something that uh, maybe that mentality that I had even at a young age and the way I grew up made me that, that, uh, that guy that's, you know, what you see now in the octagon, right? So even though I was heavier, but I was always known for playing the 80 minutes, playing the whole game, which not many front rowers did, because I was playing the position where the biggest players would, would play. And obviously I was a lot heavier, even though I was uh, half the size of everyone. Yeah, like five, six. Yeah, huh? yeah, exactly. Just uh, so... But I was known for taking like, you know, three, two, three hit ups, like majority of the sets. Uh, I was known for just taking, doing a lot of work and just being a little workhorse. So I was known for, for I guess, yeah, like being a little workhorse. So even back then, even though I was heavier, obviously I wouldn't be as fit as I was now. Getting up and down from defending would tire me a little bit more, trying to get back and forth because, uh, and going off the ground and up the ground, like I'd, I'd feel it more defending, but I could just run all day. Uh, and I was known for that. I used to play, 18s, under 18s, I'll play reserve grade and then play first grade because uh, back when I was playing uh, football, like I just helped the, the, the club out, I would uh, end up playing all three games and I'll play 80 minutes of uh, under 18s, play majority of the uh, reserve grade and then play a heap of the, the first grade as well. So and that was all back to back. So you could imagine uh, the minutes and I'll do that every week. So I guess uh, when I look back and talk about it and explain that to you, it's, it's always been there. Yeah. It's always been there. So it's something that, I don't know, whether it was just me and my brother bashing each other and wrestling uh, as kids and whatever it was, I don't know. But it was always something that that was always in me and then uh, luckily I found the the right path and I've, uh, you know, done yeah, well you, with it. You said I would always do two, three hit-ups before every set. We're from America. What the fuck does that what mean? What does that mean? Because so, yeah. <laughs> Steve was just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so like there's a set of six, uh, uh, like, which means set of six, six what? plays. Six plays. Okay. Uh, it's the NFL. It's not like NFL though. So, you know, NFL, you do Like downs, play. four downs? Yeah, four downs. Yeah, you get downs and you get to stop. Stop. Huddle up. It's not like that. It is a run into a brick wall pretty much. Or just run, boom, get tacked, get a fork, try and quickly play the ball and you're on. Oh, pass it to the person. Yeah. So the six, the six uh, plays would be consecutive. Would would be less than a minute. So uh, you know. So then I would uh, you know have a hit up. Someone else would have a hit up, and then I would have a 
I hit up straight up. So I'd run, boom, get tackled, play the ball. Someone would do that. And then within probably 10 seconds, I'm like, you give me another run. So I did that m- multiple, multiple times. I would do that. You know, I'm not, yeah, especially this is something that I, that I talk about. You know, some of my, my teammates back in the day are going to hate me for this, but anyway. I would uh, always have the, the hit-ups, which means just running the ball, on our try line. So getting your ball out of our try line was very easy to get the ball. Once you start getting uh, closer to the, their try line or their goal line, what do you end call zone, a goal yeah. line? End zone. You know, once you get to the end zone, everyone wants a ball. I can get a touchdown here, you know what I mean? You know, I can get – so everyone wants the ball. I could barely ever get the ball there, but on our end – I, everyone would just let me walk straight in front of them. So I would, uh, and I was okay with that. I was, uh, even back then, the mindset I had, the mentality I had was like, you know, even though uh, it's a team sport, I felt like it was my, my duty to get us the fuck out of our try line. Are we allowed to swear? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I need, to get us, I need to get us out of there. So I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll push people out of the way and they'll be like, oh, okay, sweet. And then I'll go and give me another hit up and I'll just get us out of there. Because I didn't look at it as, oh, no, I need to run in front of this bloke. I'm going to need to run into a brick wall against guys that are twice the size. I didn't look, ever look at it that way. I looked at it as we need to get out of here. So how do I do that? Give me the ball and I'm going to try and do that with a quick play the ball. I just look at what needed to be done, not at the actual, you know. Yeah. Steve, I have um, a question for you. Okay. How jealous are you of Volk's ears? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Steve's been trying to get it. cauliflower ear for did a long you, time did, now. Did, who did who, who, someone hit it? Who's, uh, Chuck Liddell, Ronda Chuck Liddell Rousey, did it. That's it. I was talking uh, to someone about it today. Jorge Masvidal and John Jones. All and you still haven't got it. <laughs> still haven't got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's just from the like uh, the yeah, whacking with yeah, him, yeah, isn't you'll, it? You'll see it all tonight at the okay. bucket list show. Let me ask you this. Hypothetically, so you're gonna try and do it again? I, I think I'm past it. I think I. I, I, I was gonna say, oh, why you think you're past it? Give me, give me yeah. a shot. Um, <laughs> um, because I'm past that no more. Yeah. Like, Fair uh, enough. I don't blame you. My, my ear got blasted apart with a hammer by John Jones. So it just ripped apart. It, it just blasted open. Like how would oh, you I do said, it? There you go. So I, I don't know. I don't know where. So to that's take why. It. That's why I don't. That's why you're not gonna get the cauliflower though. Yeah. Because it bursted right open, all that fluid right, 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 got right, out. Right. So what you would do, if you have you ever got it to blow up? Um, or just it barely it? did with Chuck Liddell. Yeah, it barely did. At his did. house. Okay, so we can talk about it after the show tonight. Like uh, maybe what we did wasn't very effective. But, maybe uh, it takes yeah. the pound for pound chip. Maybe he's the yeah. real one. <laughs> no, if he can do it, John Jones can't. I break down everything, you know what I mean? I still, you know what I mean? There's a science to everything I do. So, you know, I'm going to make yeah, it work. After we can right. maybe get the cameras rolling <laughs> after the show. Let, let's talk he's about that like, What are we doing? <laughs> let's talk about it after the show tonight. I'm very open to it. But what I want to know, and uh, hypothetically, if you were to switch back to rugby, you know, you're done with fighting. Now you're going to become a professional rugby player again. Like, how would you approach your physique? Would you want to put on as much weight as you had before? Or would you feel oh, more effective, um, yeah, no, lighter? I was, uh, like, you, like we talked about, I was heavier. But, I mean, it was a lot of uh, excess weight, like fat and stuff like yeah. that as well. You know, I'd definitely rather, I don't mind being a, a bit here if I was playing football, you're saying. Yeah, playing saying? rugby, yeah. Yeah, playing rugby. It would definitely, I would definitely want to be heavier because you're going to need that weight. But I mean, I wouldn't want to be as chunky as, as, chunky as I was. <laughs> as uh, you know, I definitely could do with uh, a little bit less fat and uh, and, and, and may, maybe be the size you are, but play a different position. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe play. But I mean, that position was me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's what I played well. Even when I started losing weight, because uh, my last year of football, I ended up having a couple of fights. So I ended up, and that was me getting down to middleweight. Yeah. So I used to be 214 pounds, and then I was fighting at 185. Right. So I bring that weight down. But I, I, so they put me in a different position. And then end up just putting me, even though I was lighter, they just put me back into that position because right. that's just what I played well. So for me, uh, I think that's just the best position for me. Maybe I could have been a, uh, this is, that position is called a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could have played hooker. Actually, it wouldn't be happening. That was his position. But, um, but yeah, so that, that was a position. Maybe I probably got the right build for something like that. But right. I mean, my position was always front row. Do you have to worry about CTE in rugby? I think, yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, do they hit their head a lot more in American football or rugby? Man, a user allowed to contact their head, right? Like you see yeah. people dive with their head and stuff like with their helmet. That's right. not the case that. in rugby. No, no. So we're not allowed to make contact. Like you were trying to avoid the head contact. Right. So if you – now it's like back in the day was a lot worse. So uh, if you hit the chest and they come up and took the head, like it was okay, where now you make any contact to the head, it's a penalty. So it's a – the contact on the heads, you know, they're, they're definitely taking care of that. And I think it needed – a lot of people are probably upset with it because it slows down the game and obviously a lot of it was accident, but they're just trying to take care of the, sure. the athletes, which is fair enough. Sure. You've got to look at it that way. Um, now, uh, I, I feel like you're not a particularly flashy guy. Like with all the money coming in, the, the percentage participation in the pay-per-view profits, like – do you have a, like, like what's your most extravagant, like, uh, luxury spending? Yeah, I mean, you, you're right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like, I mean, I just lo love uh, my holidays with the family, really. Okay. And they're expensive. So, <laughs> yeah. with the kids. But probably that, man, like, because I'm a, I'm a pretty relaxed, chill dude, man. Like, I'm just. Right. I will get, like, you know, I do have, like, maybe I've got myself a Rolex watch. That's probably the most I've ever spent on myself, which is obviously not, not cheap. But, you know, I, I don't usually do that. Like, again, I'm a chill dude. Just before, a couple of hours ago, I grabbed a fishing rod, went down to the lake where I live by myself and got some prawns and then chucked a line in and went fishing by myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, a lot of people in my position probably would have do that. You know what I mean? Right. They probably go, yeah, that's just... This is who I am. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm the same guy I was uh, 12 years ago, and I say that all the time. And people that know me will, can will agree with that. You know, what I mean, not sure. much, uh, not much has changed, which I'm, I'm proud of. But uh, yeah, for me, you know, maybe maybe holidays. You know, spending, uh, you know, the, spending money on uh, holidays would be, especially when everything's last minute. Like, and if you plan ahead, holidays can be much cheaper. But yeah. we never plan ahead, so we plan last minute when the flights are quadruple. And uh, everything's just uh, through the roof. But uh, that's the easiest way to, to do it for us. But, yeah, that, I'll have to say that's what it is, which, I, which I'm happy that is, that's what we do. For Americans, holiday would be vacation. Vacation. Okay, we, sorry, vacation. Like, yeah, we, we consider holiday like a certain day of the year, the, like Christmas or yeah, Easter. Okay, yeah, everyone okay, yeah, around so. the world says holiday except for Americans. Right, right. It's like the metric but, system and the pounds. It's like we're the only people that do certain vacations. shit. Well, what kind of car do you drive? Car, I've got, oh, see, it's second hand though, so I've got a uh, Jaguar. So I've got okay. a yeah, F-Type, uh, yeah, so F-Type uh, Jaguar, which uh, I wanted a, just a, a smaller sports car. I was like, oh, yeah, go, sure. you know, get from A to B. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I like the look of it. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I did, I did. To be honest, but I didn't spend too much on that. But I mean, yeah, maybe the car and uh, and the watches are the most I've probably spent. There on you myself. go. Yeah. So I don't yeah. go too crazy. I understand you cook. I do. Yeah, yeah I love. Uh, we're gonna do some cooking for I Steve. Love, I love some cooking. Yeah, for sure. And this yep. uh, a cooking show that you have on YouTube. It is on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, are, are we gonna cook here? Yeah. So we're gonna well. I do two of them. So a lot of times I do my own cooking. So it's cooking with Volk okay. or it's me eating. So I call that bulking with Volk. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're probably just going to do a bit of bulking with Volk. So okay. what I wanted to do, I wanted to, you know, I was talking to the guys here at Bayside uh, Cafe that the, the chefs are going to make us because uh, uh, I, I got this wrong too. Do they, are they we allowed to say that you the ULE you fish, uh, people are aware uh, of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I called it, I didn't even know, I'll be honest, I didn't even know what it was called. So I called it a Pestarian. <laughs> pestarian. I go, oh, he's a Pestarian. <laughs> they start laughing at me. So I was a Pestarian. Yeah, so we are, I, was, uh, told, I was aware of that. So I was like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll make some uh, yeah. some cool, cool things. And I wanted to get your hot sauce involved. Cool. Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, looking forward to that. So yeah, yeah, I don't have a lot of things that I try to, you know, Keep secret. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I was going to say would it be, but I mean, right. yeah, yeah, I didn't want to break the news to the world. You know, yeah, right? it's, all, it's all, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. I didn't think and, so. But and, I thought uh, I'd say that. Out of curiosity, how quickly would you turn around this uh, cooking show? Because it would be great if we put them up at the same time and drove traffic from this podcast to your cooking show. Oh yeah, no, no, like yeah, like yeah. We could just uh, yeah. It, what, it, what day is it today? But, but, but we're gonna put this thing up this week. Well, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's Tuesday today, right? In Australia, it's gonna go up on Friday. In uh, America, it's gonna go up on Thursday. Yeah, you guys think you could turn around that quick? Oh well, like yeah, it's, it's up. Like, we'll turn around whenever you want. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sick. yeah it'll be up. that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so people what, can what, go to. Well, we'll let everybody know right now to. Uh, Click here. Yeah, Even click though, there. Yeah. This way or this way. In Australia, I won't do an outro this time. I'll do no yeah, this, this outro be, this This will be up first. So yeah, yeah. Click on that and it'll yeah. be good. <laughs> I'll do no outro this week. Just click that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Have you, have you noticed that the toilet's been different direction in Australia? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I... You don't know they spend <laughs> counterclockwise. Yeah, yeah, I want to know if that's a legit thing. Surely it's not, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. It could be a thing. You want to have a look? We can go check now if you want. Yeah. <laughs> but, but hey, yo, Paul, thank you so no much. No worries, man. Dude. Thank it's you. I appreciate it's it. It's been an honor, said, man. Massive fan, and uh, yeah. it was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, cool. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.